You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 158. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelan Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! I'm really enthusiastic about uh, one of the things that I d- didn't quite feel like I should put in among the news items but i really want to mention it yeah uh you guys know that i'm i'm really fond of of space exploration and especially trying to follow closely what uh, uh, esa is doing esa being the european space agency and uh, i don't know if you remember that or you that caught your attention a couple months ago in july they came up with a bit of an um call for an inspiring name for europe's 2020 mars rover mm-hmm. so the european space agency will is it spacey mcspace face yes that's what they wanted to try to avoid <laughs> so ah. it's, this is why it was not a public poll it was open for suggestions <laughs> and there was an actual expert committee uh, deciding later on which one to go with and i'm really happy that the name they ca- came up with is rosalind franklin's Woo! i like that it's even better than space mc space face Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, look at what happened to Boatman Boatface. It ended up being named after Sir Sir David Attenborough, <laughs> which is not a bad idea. No, anyway. it's a good one. That one. But yeah. uh, I think it. I, I think it was great. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Rosalind Franklin will not be able to be there like uh, Sir David Attenborough was for mm. for uh, the the namesake vessel, because she she died. She she died quite quite young. Uh, she was thirty seven. Oh really? Uh, I I didn't and know that. She had ovarian cancer, but I think pr- pr- probably all our listeners know as well. But let me just say wh- why she's very important in the history of of science is because when Francis Crick, Morris Wilkins, and uh, who is now under attack for uh, racist comments, James Watson. <laughs> oh. I thought you were talking about Liam Neeson. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, there's so many people who are currently under attack for this. I, I, I've lost track all oh, interest. Boy. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, oh my god! What's going on with uh, with uh, Liam Neeson right now is just nothing. People just don't know. Yeah. Don't know the context. So, uh, please. Context is everything. So this is this is why we are not. No, uh, no, among... no, no. We live in the age of no nuances. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. Nuance is gone. <laughs> I know. I know. So, uh, but the great thing about the fact that uh, the rover will bear Rosalind Franklin's name is because she played a very important and integral role in uh, identifying the actual molecule of deoxyribonucleic acid, which is DNA. And she was an, an X-ray crystallographer, and uh, the rover will be looking for life, the traces of life, yeah, past and present, yeah. Uh, it will even be as powerful as to drill two meters below the surface to to try and find life or the traces of it. Hmm. So I think I I don't know, but uh, I'm, qu- I'm quite a romantic in that regard, and and I I really love the idea that this person who was um, everyone keeps tell- saying that she should have been among the ones receiving the Nobel Prize. But the problem was, when the Nobel Prize was given for the DNA, she was already dead. Oh, and you can't get the Nobel Prize if you're dead. I don't think anything states that specifically, but it's a habit. No, There no. is a habit of not giving I, it I, I think yeah, yeah. it does. No, I think it does. I think it does. You have to be alive. Does it? Okay, I wasn't sure about that, but it's it's definitely... It's definitely custom not to give to anyone, give it to anyone who's who's not mm. alive. So yeah, Rosalind Franklin, uh, she will be traveling to Mars 
probably sometime around July 2020. And the next March, she will be marching on Mars. Yeah. And hopefully finding some traces of life. I hope they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just fascinated with uh, those those moments and those we uh, can tell. Pe- we can people tell. who can... Who, who get the recognition even posthumous. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how are you guys? Very well. Very well. Great. In fact, I will be... Sorry for the, for, for the listeners, maybe, but the next episode I will probably not be here because I'm going on vacation to go skiing. And, um, but, um, yeah, has nothing to do with the show, but it's... Um, I, I'm fine, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> is a cat around, Yelena? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. You can hear. No. No, no, no. I can just see. I'm trying to get to get you to get some sound out of her, out of him. Him him him? It's a her, right? It's a her. It's a her. So She's it's not purring hitch, quite though. loudly. No, no, it's not hitch, it's, it's Dobby. She's quite loudly purring. Huh? Okay. Never mind. So <laughs> No diversion there. So um if there is no diversion that means that we have to get on with the show because otherwise uh we we won't get to the end of it ever uh yelena i'm hoping that you are ready to hit us with uh, some some interesting stories or one interesting story uh for this week in skepticism the story is about someone who was born on the 13th of february 1923 in paris france and his name is Philippe de Cherizet. And he was a French writer, radio humorist, and supporting actor. But actually, this is not why I want to talk about him. Not because of any of these uh, aforementioned achievements of his life. I want to talk about him because he faked two parchments that were published in, uh, in a book called uh, The Accursed Treasures of René Lechatet. So he faked those parchments, um, and they were linked to a Priory of Sion hoax, which was one of the biggest hoaxes, well, arguably one of the biggest hoaxes and conspiracy theories of all times. This is the hoax that the Dan Brown book of um, Da Vinci Code is based on. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But in turn... The Dan Brown's book, Da Vinci Code, is based on another book called Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Mm. Anyway, so the hoax goes like this. Oh, by the way, Holy Blood, Holy Grail claimed to have been a historic book, but it was just full of bullshit uh, facts. Basically, it wasn't. Anyways, so... But, you know, you know that's, that's interesting about Dan Brown's books as well. But he doesn't ever claim to be a historically accurate uh, author, yeah. but people take it as such. Mm-hmm. No, no, but, but he, uh, he's been sued, by the way. Who, Dan Brown? Yeah. Da- yes, correct. Uh, he was sued, and then he won a London case where he was accused by Michael Bagent, Bagent, Bagent and Richard Lee, co-author of uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, to have infringed their copyright. <laughs> and the reason why he won that lawsuit is because when they wrote Holy Blood, Holy Grail, they claimed it was a historic book. And regardless of the fact that it's full of bullshit facts, you can copy historic books. <laughs> and therefore... <laughs> That's really fun. In a bit of a pickle, because they had to say, yes, our book is historic, because if they would have admitted that it was full of shit... And in fact, a fiction, they could have won the suit, but they, they didn't. So they're done. Oh, I love that. It's great. Dan Brown won the suit. That is hilarious. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't know that. that that's really fun. Fantastic. So, um, but the, the, um, the, the, the hoax says that Jesus was married to prostitute Mary Magdalene. He wanted her to lead his church after his death. Mary Magdalene instead absconded to France with one or more children and found a home in a local Jewish community. By the 5th century, a member of uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene's secret bloodline mated with one of the earliest kings of the first royal house of France. And then uh, members of the secret bloodline helped launch the, the Crusades and conquered the Jerusalem. Anyway, there was the whole, basically, connection between Jesus and all the royals in, in Europe. And um, the hoax went to say that they were supposed to be ruling the Europe and um, prosper, but were fought against and other very fascinating things. Uh, so then uh, this Philip guy, the actor, he was um, a bit of a joker and a prankster. And he knew about this 
hoax because of a friend he met at some place in France called Pierre Plantard, who actually created a fake society, the uh, the Priory of Sion Society in France in 1960s, and then dissolved it the same year. But anyways, he was into this whole thing as well, and he asked Philippe to write some uh, fake parchment papers for him, and so he did. Um, <laughs> he faked some Latin writing or something. It's been debunked very thoroughly, this, this hoax, uh, for those who want to know more. It's been debunked by several, actually, <laughs> journalists and investigators in America, the 60 Minutes program debunked it, the BBC. There is no... I think even after this book uh, came out, Dan Brown's book, um, and um, people were trying to... You know, they were questioning whether, you know, indeed, Jesus Christ apparently didn't die. That was the main thing. I, I often think, why were all conspiracy theories say that a famous person didn't die? You know, like Elvis didn't die, and Michael Jackson didn't die, and Jesus didn't die. It's like... It's Except when original. Paul McCartney did die, but he didn't. So that's the, also the the the, the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's like I said, it's been debunked. Um, this uh, Philippus uh, Latin scribbles didn't survive the test of times. Uh, he claimed those parchments to be a few centuries old, and they of course been carbon dated and were found to just be forty years old. So that was not good. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It, but I don't think the thing is when when this Philippa guy was doing this whole forgering and stuff like that. I don't think he meant to have had any impact or anything. He was just uh, playing basically a prank, you know, like like any prankster would, um, just seeing what's going to happen. But uh, anyway, so these these kind of things all add up, and I'm sure there's still p- people who exist who think that the whole thing is real and uh, <laughs> government covering up conspiracy, uh, which is quite... Yeah, but it's a fascinating story on how this... It's like yeah, it a, a Russian doll, you know? You, 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 Dan Brown comes up with something. No, it's actually based on another one. That's based on another one, on a third one. You That's go correct. back... And, and it's been... And it's been going on for a long, long time. And I, yeah. I think, imagine how and then, long it could be. Could have been going on for two thousand years. Imagine, imagine that the original scripture and or, original stories might have originated from pranksters. Yeah. But the thing, the, the, no, no, no. But the thing is, it, it all boils down to the fact that somebody wanted to establish something anti-Semitic again. The poor Jewish oh. people—they always pay for everything. Ah, okay. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. They wanted to blame the Jews for gotcha. stuff, and they founded this anyway. So it's all <laughs> goes back to the fact that it's all Jews' fault, uh, fault anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so... And that Jesus probably never existed. He, uh, well, uh, yeah. Oh, don't, let's not get into that. <laughs> there is a strong evidence that, that, that he didn't. But um, <laughs> Are we trying to prove a negative yeah, again? Maybe. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. Uh, but anyway, so this Philippa guy doesn't strike me as a guy who achieved much in his life. So I think he only has that to, to show for himself. <laughs> I, I don't think he's been in anything that we've, we could have seen now. He died in 1985. So I don't know. Mind you, I, I don't really watch old movies, but yeah. <laughs> but he was uh, he was big enough to have a Wikipedia page and not not to have it deleted. So, so well, just because of those two parchment papers, um, which begs the question: I mean, if anybody wants to become famous, you know, I don't think you need to try that hard nowadays either. Or, yeah, arguably, you can, you have to try it harder. Yeah, the the competition is mm. hard. Big, yeah, yeah, it's, depends. Yeah. It really depends. I mean, look at the Big Brother celebrities. I mean, what the fuck they ever did? <laughs> they slept in the house together for for several weeks, <laughs> and voila. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, um, thank you very much, Yelena. All right. I I just wanted to mention someone who's gonna have uh, his birthday very soon as well, and that is one of the founders of uh, the Hungarian skeptic movement, Istvan Vago. Mm-hmm. He's gonna turn seventy this week uh on the 14th of february and uh so i i'd like to wish him happy birthday congratulations <laughs> and uh he was a very famous uh quiz show host as well for a long long time like decades back in hungary uh now he now he's turned politician which is not very uh, fortunate right now in hungary <laughs> never mind but uh i do admire his work as a skeptic and uh, as as one of the founders of our movement, Ichvan Vago, happy birthday! Woo-hoo. But there are a lot of other things to talk about today. So one of them is definitely Pontus 
and he's poking the Pope with the skeptic. <laughs> okay. The Pope this week. I, I'm, 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 I'm afraid this segment is getting longer and longer. We'll have to have a new podcast just to talk Do about the Pope. Do we have to have a podcast called Pontus Pokes the Pope? Just I, I, I think so. I think so. Oh, I think you could. Yeah. I think you could. Well, you should. that's pretty good. I definitely could. But let me get to the meat of the, the this week's news. So according to Reuters, there's an anonymous, uh, well, there are more than one anonymous report uh, from the Vatican that former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, former Cardinal, as I said, and also uh, Archbishop of uh, Washington, D.C., he may be defrocked this week. He is the first cardinal in almost 100 years who was forced to step down as cardinal. That was last uh, last July, due to allegations of sexual abuse. What else? I mean, that's what they are doing. No. I mean, well, what else? <laughs> this is what yeah. their job is. The, the reason, and I mentioned this last week, the reason we're expecting him to be defrocked this week is that the Vatican is very likely uh, happy to get rid of him before they host the National Catholic Church's meeting in the Vatican, which starts on the 21st of February. It's a three-day conference where they will discuss global sexual abuse and the crisis and how to probably, if I, you know, this is my uh, interpretation, not how to stop it, but how to stop it from leaking. That, that seems to be what they want to do most of the time. So that's that's happening. Yeah, they are mostly old fucks. So yeah. it's it's the league they want to stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So look out for that, McCarrick being defrocked. Meanwhile, it is also now pretty clear that Francis himself lied <gasps> about another sex abuse scandal in January last year. Francis said, and I believe I commented on that at the time. That until he sees proof that Bishop Juan Barros was complicit in covering up the sex crimes uh, of another person called Reverend uh, Fernando Caradima, unless he got proof of that, such accusations uh, were all calumny, Mm. which I had to look up at the time, but it means, you know, slander, basically. Now it appears that one of Caradima's and actually, it turns out one of Barros' victims wrote a letter to the Pope two weeks before Barros was made Bishop of Osorno in January 2015. And this letter uh, is detailing the abuse rather explicitly. There is a person in my the articles I found is only referred to as the Pope's top aide on sexual abuse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't. Does he help it him? It sounds very, very weird. <laughs> with sexual abuse? Yeah. That, uh, sh- like, do you need help with sexual abuse? Yes, please. Very specific. I wonder if he has that on his business card. Uh, you know, <laughs> I am the Pope's top top aide on sexual abuse. Anyway, this person, whoever it is, I, I haven't found the name. But this person is said to have confirmed not only receiving the letter, but also that it actually reached Francis himself. So when Francis said that I want proof of this before I believe it, he actually already had proof. So he's lying about that. Oh, okay. Uh, So, um, yeah. Does the Pope lie in the woods? Yes, he does. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Uh, (laughs) Lies as in... Telling lies, as I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. So, and then in additional news, I said this was going to be a long segment. In additional news, and remember, this is just one normal week of business for Francis. He, on the 5th of February, admitted that his predecessor, Benedict, which Come we... Come d- and not Cumberbatch he has a number but uh, I don't want to say the number because I always get the numbers wrong Benedict had to shut down an entire congregation of nuns because they were being abused by priests and he's talking about something called the community of Saint-Jean I think or Saint-Jean in in France and it was dissolved in December 2005 now 
Dave, let, let's reflect on that a bit. That was their answer to the, the, the nuns being sexually abused. Exactly, exactly. Wow. They shut down the nunnery. They didn't go after the priests. With shotguns. They, they had to dissolve them. You know that it was nuns' faults yeah. anyway, don't you? It's, it, it must so. have been, of course. The of course. Sed- seductive bitches. That, that's how yeah. it is. Well. But that, admit, that apparently did happen, and uh, Francis admitted that on... Uh, in an interview. So that's what we have to deal with. That's the organization. Some people call this organization the biggest organized pedophile ring in the world. Mm. I'm, uh, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Oh, sorry, that's pedophiles. This was nuns. Okay. But sex is sex. That seems to be all they're thinking about. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, it, yeah, sex it, is it, sex. It should be done. But when they cannot do it, Obviously, it becomes an addiction or, or, or like, like a fixation. Yeah, because, and that is my belief, uh, it, all, it all stems to the celibacy uh, requirement that they have. That makes people crazy because that not really, that's not really natural. And we talked about the Click to Pray app a, a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. We, we said <laughs> last week we were going to test if they moderate it or how much they moderate that. So I registered and I put in this prayer for others to join in. And it's headed for uh, the header is for Pope Francis. Yeah. And I wrote, let us pray that Pope Francis has the strength and the wisdom to remove the doctrine of celibacy for the clergy in order to reduce the abuse of children and others, which is a result of this unnatural burden. And I'm happy to say in favor of the church that they have not removed this, and uh, 12 other people have clicked to pray that. Nice. Well, I, I wonder if people who work in a church are actually praying for the same thing, so you're all on the same page. Yeah. So, so we'll see if I, my account will be deleted eventually, but uh, that, that wasn't too... You know, I don't want to, I don't want to to write profanity or be abusive, but I can write truthful things here, and we will see how long my account will last. Why, why don't you take take a screenshot and post it everywhere you can? Yeah, I will. I, I actually have <laughs> taken a screenshot, so I will. Yeah, start you sent it to it. us earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's post that and see what what happens. And, and <laughs> Uh, you can actually post it on uh, on the Facebook page or our Facebook page. I will. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> nice. All right. So that's all I got. Have time for? There are more to talk about about the Pope and the Church, <laughs> but let let's uh, not. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Pontus, for poking the Pope once again, and we are going to move on to uh, discussing a couple of news pieces, news items. <laughs> Uh, let's start in Germany. You probably all know, that includes all our listeners as well, that Germany is considered one of the countries where the the social service system hmm. is really good. I mean, it's it's really humane. Some people are even accused of uh, exploiting it to uh, to an extreme level, especially immigrants, and that that causes some controversy in the country and stirs up some uh, xenophobic feelings in the German public. But that is not the issue. The issue is uh, that. There is a program named after the initiator of that uh, program, that nationwide program in Germany, that is called Hart. And Hart number four is the current state uh, this program is in. And uh, this has uh, a, a couple of uh, I- important characteristics, including uh, that. Apart from the financial assistance that people get uh, who who are unemployed or in a difficult social situation, apart from the money that they get and assistance with housing, they ha- get assistance with healthcare as well. So obviously, if if they are in a situation where, uh, for example, uh, medicine and uh, medical interventions are in order, then obviously it is all paid for. However, there was a situation recently when a 64-year-old person applied or wanted the the Bremen branch of uh, uh, Hartz number 4 to get 
150 euros per month as a subsidy for various herbal and alternative medicinal interventions. Mm-hmm. That is just so ridiculous that we want to see what the outcome of that would be. And as it turns out, it got to the court level and the court rejected it, saying that the job center will not provide something that is unsubstantiated as a healthcare practice. Good. So <laughs> I think it's a very good outcome of that whole thing. And Westfalische uh, Rundschau, which is Westfalian review, I think it, it translates to. So that wrote a, um, a whole article about it. Uh, they put together a little bit of a video about homeopathy as well. And uh, obviously, Natalie Grams did not stay silent about this uh, situation either. And uh, what she said was basically that, uh, of course, the social services recipients naturally entitled to good and comprehensive medical care This is why, this is the reason why ineffective treatments like homeopathy should not be uh, claimed money for. So I couldn't agree with her more. No. So the, the, actual, the actual practices that uh, this person asked some uh, uh, subsidy for were, were uh, things like, the, the, uh, I told you, the, uh, herbal remedies and stuff. But there is uh, something that is called Infludoron. Influ what? Infludoron. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's only available in, in Germany. And it's like an anti-fever painkiller kind of thing that is uh, suitable to children as well apparently obviously it's uh, it's a homeopathic remedy ah <laughs> and some arnica treatment as well which is uh, also uh, mostly available in a homeopathic preparation uh, obviously because uh, consuming it would be it could be fatal because it's toxic to the liver <laughs> and not when it's homeopathic right no not when it's it's homeopathic no 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 but uh, yeah so well done good on the lsg which is the lower saxony bremen court yep great good news from germany we'll tell you what i don't have any good news for you guys he does with some bad news <laughs> yeah It's disappointing news, that's what it is. Um, you know how we often look forward to uh, yet another wonderful crime drama series on Netflix or comedy stand-up special or something to that of that sort? I, I have seen a couple of good documentaries on Netflix, I have to say. Netflix is a great service in general. It's a that's little bit hit yeah, and miss, isn't well, it? Yeah. It has gone down in my estimations dramatically since I uh, have yeah. have found out that they are going to be screening a um, new docu-series um, with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop. Uh, <laughs> They signed a deal with Netflix. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, and she'll be peddling her woo <laughs> all across that platform, which is huge. It gives absolutely enormous platforms. So I don't really know. Well, no, I do know. It's it, obviously it's in demand. It makes money, so they will make it. And um, of course, it's it sparked backlash. I don't think the backlash will be enough to cancel the documentary because Netflix doesn't give a shit that she's peddling unsubstantiated claims about coffee enemas and uh, jade vagina eggs, and they will sell what sells. Basically, I think she paid like a tiny fine last year from because of some yeah. complaint. Yeah. $145,000, that's nothing. That's I'm nothing. Sure she's, uh, that's not for her, no. Goop earns. That's probably the price of one of those eggs. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's We definitely know that it's not going to be scientifically minded or based on, sci- on science. I, I don't even know what it's gonna, how it's going to look like. Are they just going to hmm. have like a chat show where they discuss jade eggs and show them on screen and how to use them i don't know <laughs> i hope they don't show the actual procedure that that's that will be too graphic huh? but um netflix has got 139 million subscribers worldwide so the, the thing is it it's... those people who never heard of, of for example of goop 
hmm. or of her Gwyneth Paltrow peddling pseudoscience, will now, and not necessarily people who have the skills to understand that it's not real. Yeah, it, 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 it's enough that a very, very tiny fraction of all of those people fall for this. Uh, yeah. then, it's, uh, yeah. then it's really uh, very, very harmful. So, uh, But I hope there will be a backlash. I, uh, let, let's try to, to make it a backlash and complain wherever you can complain. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but... Uh... I, I was looking for some kind of a petition that might be out there, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And the other thing is that it, it might fire back. I mean, if we start... A petition? Yeah. Yeah, because then Gwyneth Paltrow will will be acting like the underdog who's who's being oppressed and... She can't be... No, she can't never... You can make... You, that'll have to be a lot of things happening in the world be- when she becomes an underdog she is you know <laughs> oscar winner fantastic uh, actress doing getting all of these roles and selling i don't think so no you may mean she will be playing the victim card i wonder i, I think it's uh, it's still worth trying i think well i think the one thing that isn't quite clear, what format it will take and how it's going to be presented. Uh, but it, it will be hosted by her, by Peltro, and Elise Lohenen, Lohenen, Lohenen <laughs> who is Goop's chief's content officer. Nice. So she's the actual villain. That can't be good. Um, and so this Lohenen character said that the series seeks to dial up the aesthetics and quality of storytelling surrounding issues like mental, physical and sexual health. Whatever the fuck that means, that could mean anything. Oh, God. <laughs> so aesthetics yeah. and quality of storytelling. Nice. What is she implying that we just don't know how to tell sexy stories about how to, how to be healthy. Yeah, we might end up <laughs> seeing some graphical stuff there. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> Talking about aesthetics. <laughs> Guess who's okay, not yeah. going to be? Well, actually, yeah. I'm saying yeah, I'm not going to be watching, but maybe we should be watching and paying attention. I don't know. Yeah. I have the same dilemma with, uh, with a movie that we've all heard of and we don't want to see. Ah, uh, yes. And that is Vaxxed. I have never seen the first one. I have. Never mind the second one. I have. And I don't think any video had, had ever pissed me off <laughs> that much before. And the next one is in the making. Of course it is. Uh, they, they recently re-started uh, an Indiegogo campaign oh, uh, for $150,000. Out of which... 80, almost $84,000 have been raised. Oh, God. And it's a flexible goal campaign, so I'm pretty sure that they will uh, actually manage to run with that money and do the, the, the movie. Remember that Polly Tommy, who is yeah. the, 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 the chief organizer of this whole movement around Vexed, and she's just a nut job. She is a producer mm. by profession. So oh. she knows how to make a movie. She knows how to how to make it so that it's effective in persuading people mm. that vaccines are bad for you and vaccines are dangerous and you can you will end up with vaccine injured children as they call it vaccine injured I hate that expression mm. yeah. and especially how much it got stuck in the public and even when you just watch the trailer on the Indiegogo campaign, you get so pissed off that, that you want to kill someone. <laughs> it's like <sighs> terrible. Yeah. And especially that I'm pretty sure that we should find a way to try to discuss those cases that are displayed in the movie, in the first movie, and apparently will be displayed on the second movie as well. They claim to have vaccine-injured children. Mm -hmm. So it's obvious that what they are explaining is real in terms of the symptoms, what they go through with the children, their children, is real. But where I think we disagree is 
that it's caused by vaccines. Of course, yeah. But I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I cannot be a hundred percent sure that these are not special situations in which, uh, because there there are those very rare cases when someone yeah ends up having having serious uh, repercussions of uh, being vaccinated. But that 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 is the rare exception. So I think it would be worth trying to investigate whether any of those cases is for real because of vaccines. Yeah. And then we we know we would know how to address the situation. Well, they say there's like a one or two percent chance. So that... no, it's lower than that. Mm. It's lower than that. L- well, whatever. But... but 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 let let me give you some statistics. Andrew Wakefield based his study, which was fraudulent and faked, and he actually manufactured the data. We know that, but still, he uh, was it eight or twelve children. He, he claimed to have been twelve. Yeah, 12. twelve. There have been. There was recently a study, say, l- looking at all the studies after that to try to prove him right or wrong. And this study looked at all the other studies that have been done since then, and they they came to the conclusion that 25 million children had been together in these uh, studies investigated, and no link was found. So who do you going to believe? It's not about that. So obviously, I'm favoring that argument that those issues are much more likely to be caused by something else than vaccines. Yeah. But you have to be able to sit down and talk about that whole thing with with the parents, mm. with those involved, with those who are experiencing those difficulties, because there is no other way to try to get to those people they are trying to reach and convince that there is an establishment that is out to kill all of us and mm. that that we are being now harmed. obviously it's almost impossible to to talk to people who are so emotionally invested which you would be i mean i fully understand that yeah but uh, but if we who are not we look at the the statistics a little bit more objectively and we see there were 12 children in a study where the data was made up and you compare that to hundreds of studies covering 25 million children and they haven't found any connection between vaccines and autism so yeah. i mean at some point you have to just draw the conclusion and say well there's nothing here there's nothing here it was made up but i agree it's very hard to convince the, the parents yeah and i think we agree that it's necessary to address that issue somehow i follow uh, an uh, website that is called vaccine impact Mm. and uh, this is where i came across vaxxed 2 which has the subtitle the people's truth Mm. (laughs) um yeah so yeah okay Uh, of course it's people's truth because the truth has been suppressed you know by the by the government that's what i'm saying so somehow we should we should try try and find a way to influence those people and and try to talk to them about what the reality is I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous because it's impossible. Yeah. Let me get you to to some of the reality. Okay. The real the reality is in uh, the world. Let's start with Europe, and let's start look at at measles epidemics. Oh fuck! Is uh, it going to uh, be uh, about uh, measles again? Oh no! It is going to be about measles. So hang on. There'll be some numbers. I will try to put it gently. I have tons and tons of statistics, but I'll try to make it (laughs) somewhat digestible. So I thought it was time to look at last year, 2018, and try to summarize what the Mm -hmm. situation was and what how it ended up. Because we all know, and we have been talking about it literally for years, that there's a measles epidemic in the world, and it's due to people like uh, the ones in Vaxxed and Andrew Wakefield, who who resists being uh, uh, vaccinated. So let's see what the end numbers were, officially numbers. Mm -hmm. So I looked at uh, WHO. Mm -hmm. They have a uh, what they call the European region, which is not the EU. It's broader than that. It goes out all the way out to the Kazakhstan and uh, uh, Uzbekistan and Israel. It's included. uh, But in that region, and we will link to all the data here. With my 
adjustment for Romania because I trust the Romanian health authorities more than I try uh, trust the WHO. No, uh, just to clarify, it's not about the trust that you put in <laughs> WHO. It's just that no, no. you know know that probably the, the by the time that uh, the the data reaches them, yes, it's it's gonna be yes. updated. The, the statistics <laughs> are more just... up to date on the Romanian health authorities webpage than it is on WHO. And we know that yeah, okay. that's something we have okay. co- uh, seen for a long time. But anyway, on the same page. To- total number, total number, forty-seven countries uh, that they call the European region. Eighty-eight thousand two hundred and seventy-six measles cases last year. Oh, so it's almost ninety thousand cases. Mm. And of course, we know that Ukraine is on top. Uh, Ukraine, fifty-three thousand. Is, is is in is more than half is in in Ukraine. The next one is U- uh, Romania, with almost seven thousand. Then you have Serbia five thousand, Israel three thousand, France three thousand, Italy two and a half thousand, Russia two thousand two hundred, Georgia two thousand two hundred, Greece two thousand two hundred. And then I'll stop because it becomes too many numbers. But there are a number of countries above 2,000 cases. So, But then I became curious. I know we are the European Skeptics uh, podcast, so we mainly want to look at Europe. But I wanted to see, is this a trend in the whole world? And it is, to some extent, to, that I have been managed to find out. But some countries, especially in Africa, some parts of Asia, it's very hard to get any statistics. So uh, I, I can only say what I've found. And some countries may be missing here. But India, of course, with a big population like that, they are high with 66,000 uh, cases. Madagascar, this little island that looks like a you know not bigger than a stamp it's not that little well if you look at the globe being very biased because i'm from a totally different part of the world it looks like a little stamp on the, on the globe uh, almost 20,000 cases in madagascar philippines 17,000 brazil 11,000 then we have venezuela which is said to be Almost six thousand, but then I know what the political situation there is now, uh, right now. It's very hard to, mm. to get any reliable numbers out of Venezuela, so it's probably more. Thailand is up there, five thousand, and then we have Vietnam, two thousand, and then I will stop reciting numbers because it will become <laughs> difficult. I can see on certain posts on internet that the Democratic Republic of Congo. Nigeria, Sudan, South Africa, Yemen are countries that are rumored to have epidemics as well, but I can't find any 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 numbers. Only counting the counting the numbers that I can find, I end up at two hundred and fifteen thousand cases in uh, twenty eighteen. So it's uh, quite a lot. Does that mean hmm? that probably Ukraine is the world leader in? Uh, the measles cases? Yes, uh, per capita, absolutely. No, 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 it doesn't seem to be any doubt about that. In absolute numbers, India is bigger. Yeah, India, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, but India is, what is it, a billion people in India, so it's no yeah. competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was looking at China as well, probably hard to find uh, good uh, statistics that are uh, not <laughs> corrected by the government there. <laughs> but but it you know maybe I got <laughs> I I didn't find a number but maybe they are more also authoritarian in 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 India so they can tell people to get vaccinated or not or else, or else. get vaccinated or else so I think maybe they are in good shape but uh, you, you never know you never know mm. so that's that's the situation Whew. lots of measles. If you if you forget all the numbers, lots of measles. Ukraine is worst. India is bad as well, but it's because they have a lot of people. Madagascar, who does not have that kind of population, is also terrible with twenty thousand cases, and uh, almost twenty thousand cases. And Philippines is bad. Brazil is bad. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> and it's all preventable. Yes, That's why is. we talk about this. If people got their vaccinations, this wouldn't happen. I, I understand some countries, there may be a problem getting vaccinations. But it, in the Western world, it's not a problem. It's just people opt out and f- people are dying because of this. Yeah. yeah. 72 deaths in Europe last year. Yeah. Okay, you know how to bring down the mood. <laughs> well, but you know what? Sorry um, about that. I'm gonna try to try to get us back on the bright side. Woo-hoo. But uh, how it becomes? It's a, it's a very interesting piece of research that German researchers has have conducted, and uh, it was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition about drinking habits and a very well known old folk wisdom, which is. That if you drink and want to avoid hangovers, um, you need to watch what you drink and what the order of your dr- your drinks are. And it comes in uh, rhyming forms like uh, beer before wine and you'll feel fine, wine before beer and you'll feel queer. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that. We have a, the same saying in Hungarian. It's very, very, very similar. But these German researchers wanted to, to, to find out if that is actually true. I'm sure they wanted. Did they test, test everything themselves? <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is that um, it's, it's an interesting protocol that they followed. So they were very serious about establishing the actual truth about this. Obviously, you cannot randomize and you cannot double blind such a such a study. So you have to go with what you can get. And uh, it was quite a large uh, study group because they uh, worked with uh, quite quite a large uh, number of uh, people. I think it was two hundred and forty seven people uh, that they they worked uh, all together that's an expensive experiment getting all these people drunk yes (laughs) 272 people uh, adults were screened for eligibility i'm glad it's adults it's adults yeah 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 and they had to be eligible Uh, there was an online survey they asked them about their drinking habits uh if they are in good physical fitness they don't have any alcohol related addictions or issues called as a positive history going into the study that is maybe coming out of the study that could have changed yeah (laughs) (laughs) and they tried to find two matching partners for every single person in the survey uh, in the study so they work with triplets and that provided some kind of clarity because obviously if you see something in one person appearing in one person it's 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 not one Measurement is not a measurement. So, like, this is this is the basics uh, for this. And they work with the triplets. The triplets had to have very similar physical characteristics and medical uh, situation, everything. So, so they had to be in the same shape, similar build, uh, same uh, sex, and uh, no alcohol-related issues. So, so, so just to clarify, when you say triplets, do you mean? No, not 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 people that are born of the same mother at the same no, time. No, 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 no. Okay, not that kind <laughs> no, of. No, 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 not not twins. Okay. No, no, no twins. Okay, no, no, okay, no. okay. No, they had to be similar in physical characteristics mainly. Okay. Uh, so that they are comparable. The results are comparable. Sure. So they divided all the participants into three study groups. One study group to uh, a second study group and a control group. So the first study group started with beer. <laughs> followed by wine and then and they were controlling the the level of drunkenness throughout the study mm-hmm. so throughout the drinking the actual drinking act uh they were controlled by breathalyzers mm. so uh, breath alcohol content was measured and the first level had to be reached by beer uh, by the first study group to the level of 0.5 per mil alcohol content and then followed by wine 
raising it up to a level of 1.1 per mil, which is quite high. That means that you're drunk as fuck. <laughs> you really get drunk. What I'm thinking is that participating in these scientific studies is much more fun than I thought. Not necessarily. Uh, bear in mind that it was about the hangovers and... <laughs> They reported terrible hangovers, and they put together a questionnaire for the next day. When the breathalyzer showed a zero level of alcohol content, that was when they had to uh, fill the questionnaire. Intensity of their hangovers was scored by an eight-item compound score. So the following things were measured. Thirst, fatigue, headache, dizziness, nausea, stomachache, Tachycardia. What's tachycardia that? is is an elevated heart rate mm-hmm. and a loss of appetite. Mm. And they had to rate it between zero and seven. So an overall zero score would have meant that pff, nothing. nothing. I feel nothing. Yeah. As overall fifty six <laughs> corresponds to the worst imaginable hangover, as they put it. And uh, well, some people were really terrible in terms of uh, how. They felt uh, there was a lot of uh, vomiting and nausea involved in that. <laughs> so it's it's I'm, I'm not sure. It's it's a it's a really uh, it's fun not, experiment. You're saying it's not overall. a study you want to be part of, despite what I said. Not necessarily, mm. no. So the second study group started with wine, followed by beer, to the same uh, alcohol content levels, mm. and the control group was divided in two. What did they do? Either only wine or only beer. Oh. And there was, so they still... after a week, they did a crossover of the study. Ah. So. <laughs> I love this. They changed <laughs> the study groups and started with the, with, with the other drink uh, first yeah. and then followed. So. And this is I'm how sure they... <laughs> they tested this on university uh, p- uh, st- yes, <laughs> students. Yes, yes, they were. Because university they didn't even know that they were in the study. They would do this anyway. <laughs> they were they were uh, tested on uh, university students of Wittenherdecke University. Of course it was. Uh, between the 1st of July and the 26th <laughs> of August 2017. So, yeah. Oh, After the crossover, they analyzed the the scores, the overall scores, and it turns out that very serious statistical analysis could not reveal any difference. Any difference. So, ah. apparently it doesn't matter what you get drunk with. You, f- you feel shitty anyway. Yeah. It's the fact that you have so much alcohol in your blood is what makes you feel that shitty. Oh, and it basically corresponds with everything that has been published on the topic. So like the different different drinks, there are certain studies that show that uh, the colored drinks and and the clean drinks have a little bit of a difference in their effects. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a very strong correlation. So this myth have been basically debunked that yeah, it really does matter that uh, what, what the order of your your drinks consumed is. No, it's just it's, the level of alcohol. Yeah, it's getting drunk that matters. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Interesting. It's we've been talking a lot about hangovers lately. Maybe we should make that a regular segment as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what the 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 hangovers and the effect of alcohol, or yeah. how not to get hangovers? Maybe we should do a bit of an experiment. Start drinking various things. See what works. Mm. What gives you less headache? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's uh, you have to come up with a protocol at least that yeah. cool. Yeah. No, it'll take a long time. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of practicing. <laughs> Why I, I really thought that this is worth talking about in that much detail is is the actual protocol and how much thought they gave to this yeah. whole thing. Seems like a very good study. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And out of 272 people, they found 247 eligible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> university students are fit to drink. That's a take-home message. <laughs> All right. All they right. have a lot of training. So I think we've uh, discussed enough uh, news items for this week. Yeah, I think so. So um, why don't we move on to the one of the last segments, which is a really wrong or really right. I can't wait to find out which one it is this week. No, it's a really wrong, actually. A uh, little bit different. 
this time. Not the Pope. Finally. <laughs> Not even Netflix that, that perhaps should have been this week's pick. Instead, we're going to look at the city of uh, Segovia in Spain, where there is a local dispute about the devil, no less. The devil? The devil. Segovia, uh, for people who don't know, it's a small but ancient and, and rather famous city just northwest of Madrid. Mostly known for its fantastic Roman aqueduct, which Ooh. actually plays a key part in this story. This uh, aqueduct was uh, probably built in the late 1st century CE. Exact date is not entirely known. And it's very, very impressive and absolutely dominates the old center, which also is declared a World Heritage City by UNESCO. The aqueduct was repaired during the era of uh, Ferdinand and Isabella because it was uh, a part of it was destroyed by the Moors and uh, but after Ferdinand and Isabella had repaired it it was kept in use all the way until the mid 1800s oh yeah so uh, so far so good history lesson looks fantastic on the I haven't seen it myself but I've seen pictures of it it looks fantastic however now to the really wrong segment. There is a, an old myth about how it was actually not constructed by the Romans, but by Mephistopheles, the devil, who was tricked into doing so over one night by uh, a local boy who, who sort of tricked him to do this. And this is why the, council, the local council decided to erect a statue of the devil by the aqueduct as a tourist attraction. Because there's a lot, like 800,000 or so tourists that visit Segovia every year. And in the show notes, I will take you to links, uh, uh, which shows the, a picture of this cool statue. Pictures. Yeah, no, of, of both of the, the, the aqueduct, but also of the, the statue. And the statue is quite cute. It's just over 1.7 meters, according to the article. So it's about human size. Showing the devil with a smartphone, no less, taking a selfie, and presumably they're going to put him with the aqueduct behind the devil, so it looks like he's taking a selfie with the aqueduct. Quite cute. But now the project has been stopped. Mm -hmm. Because local religious people, they have gathered over 5,000 signatures in order to stop this blasphemy. Blasphemy. Uh, it's really ridiculous. The statue is small. The aqueduct is huge. It's almost 30 meters high at the highest point. There is no issue about the statue sort of obscuring anything. It's just that people don't think you should uh, have a statue of the devil. So it's just silly. So, um, uh, you know, it's a little bit lighthearted, uh, really wrong this week, but uh, for all, to all the religious people of Segovia, for being stuck up and having no sense of humor, uh, they get today's prize for being really wrong. Okay, Segovia, of, it, it started reminding me of something and I, I realized what it was. Have you seen uh, Terminal? The movie? No, I haven't. <laughs> I think the the country where uh, the guy was from, who was portrayed by um, Tom Hanks, was Krakosia or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, non-existing country. Non-existing country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, but uh, Segovia does does exist. Yeah, and I would very much like to go so, but I refuse to do it before they uh, put up the statue, so I can take my own selfie with the mm. devil and <laughs> the, the, devil. the whole thing. Yeah. You want a selfie with the devil? Nice. Who wouldn't? Yeah. By the way, let me tell you that uh, I had a dream uh, the other night of meeting David Attenborough. <laughs> okay. And speaking it, of the devil, yeah, he was so busy that we couldn't have our picture taken, and <laughs> that resulted in me waking up in a very bad mood, <laughs> like I was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody David Attenborough never gives. Bloody, it was my one and only chance. <laughs> so I, I hope I will have the chance to to have a selfie with him. Richard? No, David. <laughs> Sorry, I call him Richard. That's his brother. I definitely won't, won't have a chance to <laughs> no. uh, selfie Richard's with Richard. Richard Attenborough. No. No. But David, if you're listening, this is what Andros <laughs> wants. So please uh, get in contact, and we we will arrange yeah, it. Yeah, please get in touch. Please get in touch, and we have to talk about something as well. Uh, we have to talk about the the Yeti because I oh, understand yeah. he said some controversial things about the Yeti. 
We should interview him. Yeah, yeah. we should. All right. Thank you very much, Pontus. And uh, before we move on, uh, let's run some ads and then we come back to conclude the show. You know, I gotta say, Bigfoot's BS, but the Chupacabra is totally the result of top secret government genetic experiments on a remote island. Taking medical advice from Gwyneth Paltrow, like steaming your lady parts and putting jade eggs all up in there, is a great way to improve your health. Police from around the world regularly use psychics to solve crimes. They just don't talk about it. Spontaneous human combustion is for sure a real thing. I've read all about it on the internet, and I worry someday it's going to happen to me. We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal, and alt-med claims, substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC, a Facebook account, and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com. Hello, Richard Saunders here from the Skeptic Zone podcast, a podcast for science and reason from Australia. Every week since 2008, the Skeptic Zone has brought you reports, interviews, and investigations from all around the world. We have many listeners all through Europe. That's the Skeptic Zone podcast at www.skepticzone.tv. This is the point and time when we are concluding a show. And in order to do that, we have to have a quote. Yarana, have you got a quote for us today? Yes, I do. It is from Rosalind Franklin. He was an English chemist. Famous scientist. Uh, th- you, you have mentioned her at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, she was a, Coincidentally. an X-ray, X-ray crystallographer. Yeah. Uh, I've got a quote from her letter to her father, who was very religious. And she said that this, you look at science or at least talk of it as some sort of demoralizing invention of man, something apart from real life and which must be cautiously guarded and kept separate from everyday existence. But science and everyday life cannot and should not be separate. Science for me gives a partial explanation of life insofar as it goes. It is based on fact, experience and experiment. Indeed, Lee. Yes, yes. That's the attitude that takes you to finding out about dna yeah exactly and thank you very much for all your work rosalind franklin we cannot wait for your namesake rover to land on mars and see what it finds imagine if it finds something that uses dna okay um enough of dreaming for today and because it's uh getting really late i think we should be yeah. going to bed and dream for real yeah and david attenborough is waiting yeah david attenborough is waiting with a picture with a camera in his hand okay andrash where are you i've been waiting for you since, since he yesterday. wants to take a selfie with you and he's pissed off that you ran off yeah. <laughs> exactly okay so uh Yalana and pontus i'd like to thank you for joining me thank you Andros. thanks guys and i'd like to thank our listeners as well for tuning in please keep doing so and until next week goodbye bye goodbye oh paka paka This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu.
We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Back together! Yes, absolutely. Going for the kill. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good. I I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, the discovery and not necessarily discovery, but what's happening? Uh, it's a it's a tea kettle, uh, kettle is on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's all Brad. Well, then it's okay then. Sorry about the tea noises. Hi. No, no, it's fine. Can you hear us? You can't <laughs> hear us, right. can you? I can't hear That's only right. Lena can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be long. <laughs> so, why? Where was I? Uh, she died of ovarian cancer. No, no, no. Oh, can I, can I just... Ma- <laughs> 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 uh, listeners won't see really this, but you know you should app. really ha- hold your cat upside down, Jelena. That's <laughs> I, I th- I'm sure I've read that somewhere in the book. Really? Is it scientifically proven that holding no. cat upside down is is bad for him? No, but it makes me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and it could be bad for you too when uh, when the cat has enough. <laughs> that's the that's the sorry what? <laughs> no that's it. Sorry, no, no, I lost the word. Okay, cool. No, sorry. Great. Let Thanks me take that again. Let, let me say it. No, let me say it. Okay. That's the attitude that gives you, uh, that makes you. Im- I'll say it again. Good.